What is up, guys? You're listening to Back Row Sports. We are here today with a very special guest. She plays softball for UTSA, Oklahoma State, and the University of Georgia. We are here today with Kendall Burton. Kendall, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Doing good, doing good. So, for those of the people that don't know your story, you know, we had a guy who registered earlier today, said it was amazing. He commented a couple questions we're going to ask you later on, you know, Hopefully you can answer them to the best of your knowledge. Nothing too hard. But for those people that don't know your story, do you mind sharing it with them? Yeah, sure, of course. So it's a long story, but I'm going to try and keep it nice and tight for everybody. (laughs) Um, So essentially it all started back to uh, when I was born. I was born with a severe unilateral cleft lip and palate. And essentially what that means is I was born with a hole in my face. Um, I had my first surgery when I was three months old and essentially I just was having about one to two surgeries a year and I was super active. I was really into sports. I loved being outside and I found the sport of softball when I was eight years old and I was in third grade and it was just my saving grace from then on. And I knew that all I ever wanted to do was be a college player and play softball in college. Um, it, the birth defect took me up to 23 surgeries by the time I was 17 years old. My last surgery, I actually had four surgeries done in one just because I didn't want to be a cleft patient anymore. I didn't want to have to deal with recovering and having surgery after surgery while I was in college and having to recover and recuperate while being a uh, collegiate player because I got my one and only offer in high school with UTSA University of Texas at San Antonio. I started attending in the fall at UTSA in 2014, and I was just loving life. I loved every second of being a college athlete. I loved the fact that I was playing softball and, you know, just meeting all of these other student athletes, all of this stuff, everything just seemed to be perfect. But about two months into my very first freshman semester in college, I survived an acute ischemic stroke. And essentially what that means is that there was a lack of oxygen to a certain portion of my brain for a certain period of time. And that portion of my brain actually was what um, controlled all my cognitive skills, so my speaking, reading, writing, and then just basic comprehension. So that was really intense to be dealing with at 18 years old. And all I wanted to do was get back to the field and be able to play softball again. But the thing was that I was physically fine, but it was, I couldn't read or write or talk. So that was the key element of being a student athlete. I had to get back into the classroom if I wanted to play softball. So really pushed forward with that. I refused to go home to my home city. I wanted to do all of my recovery and my, all my therapy, all that stuff back in San Antonio. And I ended up being, um, enrolling back in that spring semester enrolled in all my classes and was an everyday starter for the Roadrunners my freshman year, which was super cool and uh, definitely love being able to say that. Um, I was an everyday starter my the following year, my sophomore year, but something just wasn't right. I didn't think that people really loved the sport as much as I did at that point, kind of taking it as a, like a right instead of a privilege. So I decided to seek out another university, better my education, my college career, all that stuff, headed to Stillwater, Oklahoma in the fall of 2016. And just to be told, I mean, I uprooted my entire life, 
my friends, my teammates, my coaches, all of that, just to be told multiple times that I would never be a college player ever again. Um, I was a liability. I was a risk. Oklahoma State would not clear me medically to play for them. So that was really intense because I was just like, oh, my gosh, I've just been – my back's been against the wall my entire life just trying to play this one sport. Um, I decided instead of just hanging out my cleats, I was like, let's see if anybody will like, think that I'm not a risk or a liability. And I got about six or eight no's from universities and trainers and all that stuff. And then I got two yeses from University of Oregon and University of Georgia – I chose the University of Georgia, just felt right. I really wanted to be a bulldog, felt like home. Um, moved and enrolled in school at UGA in January of 2017. So four or five months after I had just moved to Oklahoma, went out to Georgia, um, you know, got the starting spot the first five weeks of season, ended up being a bench sitter for the first time in my life uh, throughout the season on and off told myself I would never be a bench sitter ever again, really worked hard. My senior, like the summer going into my senior year, ended up being everyday starter, um, was all region for the SEC, ended up having a really cool story on ESPN written about me and got to take my cleats off for the very last time at the Women's College World Series. So I, my story was somehow beautifully scripted uh, throughout all of that stuff. Once again, really try to keep that nice and short, <laughs> as tight as I could. But there's just so many, there's so many details into it. So, yeah, no, for sure. Like you said, that your story is incredible. There's no reason to try try and cut it short. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you've gone through more than I'd say a lot of people have. You know, just to get where you are now. And after your show, going through therapy, you know, what what was that like to be able to have to you know, relearn all of that, that you lost. It was, it was just so overwhelming and weird because, you know, I would get a text message from people. Like I would get, I was having numerous text messages when I was just in the hospital for about five or six days and I couldn't read a single one of them. It was like, I could pick, like pick and choose somewhere because I could yeah. figure out, but I had to have my brother-in-law, you know, tell me who all these people, I, it was just so crazy. Um, but you know, my speech came back quicker than my reading and writing skills, just because I wasn't afraid to keep talking and mess up. Um, so, and I know a lot of patients like don't really want to, it's really hard to feel very unintelligent and just like constantly be wrong, wrong, wrong. Yeah. But I was at an age where, I knew that I could get it all back. It was just a matter of like when I could get it back. Um, and I mean, my therapy sessions were basically me like doing first grade worksheets, trying to like spell the word cat and make <laughs> sentences real, like just a bunch of words, put them in the right order and stuff. Uh, so it was really crazy going back to square one. And I like really relate to like, children now just because yeah. uh, like that was me at one point I was like yeah I get it it's like super frustrating that you can't tell me what you want right now so um it was just it was unreal but I'm you know I'm glad I kept pushing forward because it was and I I'm not afraid to chat too much now that's for sure I'll yeah. talk a lot but a lot of words and a bunch, bunch of sentences 
That's that's awesome. So transitioning from UTSA to Oklahoma State to where you said you you two time starter started for two years and transferred to Oklahoma State where you're sitting on the bench. How was that like affected affecting you to keep wanting to play to have that motivation to want to pursue the softball after that? I. Growing up, when I was having all those surgeries and, you know, I had my entire recruiting situation was very different because I was never recovering. I was always having a surgery right after season. Um, And it was just kind of like constantly bouncing back. And going into college, I was like, you've done so much to play this sport. Like, give it everything you have. And then I had the stroke and I was like, you already done so much to play this sport. You got to figure out how to come back. You know, like you haven't done all this to just give up or at least not try, you know? Um, and then when I got to Oklahoma state, it was just a mix of irritation, but also I had already, I had already fought back multiple times. Yeah. So it was kind of the motivation of knowing I could do it. It wasn't like, it was just a matter of it was so uncontrollable, which was something different for me because everything else was if I worked really hard, if I put a lot of effort in, if I did the extra reps, good things would come my way. When I was at Oklahoma State, that it was all about someone else. Just basically, I was just a leap of faith. Someone saying like, yeah, you're totally fine. So it was just so weird that it didn't matter how many reps I did when nobody was looking. And it was always because no one was looking because I <laughs> wasn't allowed to play. Like, like it was literally illegal at that time. Oh, wow. And, and so it was just kind of like really good things had happened with me before by just trying and working so hard. It was kind of like, why not put all of, that was my motivation of just knowing that I've worked so hard for something for so long. You know, I had to see what good could come out of um, it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it was just like, if I didn't try, then I never would have gotten to Georgia. If I didn't try to keep going after people only gave me walk-on spots when I was in high school, then I never would have. You know what I mean? It was just kind of like a constant trial and error, and just like putting good energy in the universe and working really hard and hoping that somebody it like resonated with somebody. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. So, uh, Richard, you got anything? So, like we talked about before, um, with the situation that's going on now, we got the coron- we got the coronavirus. <laughs> what would you go and tell these college athletes? What would be your motivational speech for them going into next year? It's kind of a matter of this is such a crazy time and it's so scary and things have been taken from everyone, like in every which way. But if you really think about it, like you never really, there's always what ifs at what could happen. Like the game could be taken from you. If you, you know, tore your labrum, tore your ACL, like all of these things, like little things could happen about two seconds. Yeah. Um, and the fact is, is that they get another year. They're well, yeah. well, they're, they're aware that that will happen for them. And it's keeping your eye, I guess, on the prize, you know, like on the, what could happen versus the negative, what could happen. Um, 
I feel like taking that spin on your everyday reps and the things that you're doing for what could come for you is the only way that these athletes are going to be able to push forward and be excited for next season because knowing you have the next the opportunity even if you don't know exactly like what it's going to look like how things are going to be you still get the opportunity the chance is there for them um so it's really just keeping a really good positive attitude on the idea that you do get another season they are granting you another year if you want it um so you got to take all of those positives and really put all of that into your work ethic for the next year. Yeah, well said. And then next question for you, though, when you think about your career and you, like you said, you had to uproot your career, you had to uproot yourself twice. You had to go from the, um, the school in San Antonio to Oklahoma state. And then you had to quickly find, um, another school after that. And it was between Georgia and Oregon. Like you told, like you told in your story. Um, what was that? What was probably the most difficult task of transferring three different t- or transferring schools? It's, it's almost like no matter how kind everyone is and it's being the odd man out again, it was always the most challenging for me. I'm a big people person. Like I love being around others. I can talk to anybody, but you know, when you walk into a room and everyone kind of has their, their group, their people that they trust with everything, it's really intimidating knowing that you have to gain that kind of trust from your teammates and then they're going to become your friends. And along with the coaches as well, it's like when people don't know your insides, it's really hard to walk into a group of people that they've done all the work to know everyone on the team, who they are, how they act, what type of player they're going to be. And so I think getting, gaining the trust uh, from all of my new teammates was definitely the most challenging. And, you know, you have to earn your stripes all over again. Um, And it can be lonely at first. Like it's a, it's a hard couple of days, couple of weeks until people really like, give you that like okay you're in you know what i mean yeah i do uh it is you're right it is one of the hardest things to do is to uproot your life and go into a different group of guys once you've already or girls whenever you spent two years with somebody speaking from my example speaking two years at uh, junior college and transferring to a four-year yeah and so i'm gonna ask you this question i know i asked it last time but um the transfer portal (laughs) Do you, me and Wes had this conversation all the time about it, and it's one of our main topics that we try to ask about. What is your thoughts on the transport portal? Do you like it, hate it? What, just what do you think about it? I think it, it's more benefit. It's I think it's it's a good route for those who do want to transfer. Um, I think that it makes it a little less like recruiting again. Instead, like they know who you are, where you're coming from, like all that kind of stuff. It just makes it a little, it makes it easier. Like the entire, the entire transfer, like situation. I don't agree with all of the guidelines in the sense that someone can just decide like, oh, I hated this fall. I'm going to go play for another school out in Washington in the spring if they'll have me. I hate that. Um, 
I don't agree with it just because I feel like it gives people and players an opportunity to just say like, almost call it quits instead of pushing through something. And it gives them, everyone has just an easier, oh, I'm unhappy, I'm leaving versus why do I actually want to leave? What is like this going to benefit for me? It's not just like pushing through and being nitty gritty. It's just like, what's the best and easier way for me to get from A to B. Um, and I think that that is definitely a curse more than a blessing with the way that they have the portal now. Um, because, you know, being an athlete, you're taught how to deal with people. Like it, it, you don't just have a job and you like sign a contract for four days or four years and you're like, hate these people this sucks (laughs) like you can't do that in real life so I don't think that it's cool that they're just kind of like letting these athletes understand that that's like okay for moving forward in their life um I think you need to have a really beautiful great reason as to why you want to uproot yourself and go to a new university like no matter what not just like because you don't like the 6 a.m. workouts at this one year. <laughs> Completely agree. I hate the transfer portal. Yeah. I, don't, I, I think it's only well, beneficial uh, in some rules, but... For the right that, reasons, yeah. Yeah. But just to transfer because you didn't get starting playing time. Yeah. Tate Martell. <laughs> Talia. <laughs> All right. So, but, so I have uh, just one more question for you. Um, for the other uh, for the other people who are um, listening now, um, so tell about or kind of talk about your experience at Georgia. You talked about that moment that you knew Georgia was the school for you. Just kind of talk to our listeners and uh, that moment that how you knew Georgia was where you were supposed to be at. Uh, well, I remember growing up like everyone always told you like. When you know, you know, like, you'll just walk the campus and it'll be great and perfect. And I was like, okay. And (laughs) when I had that feeling at UTSA, it was more of, um, I definitely committed there because of the coach. I love the coach. Um, And the next time around, I was like, okay, you need to love the coach, but also, like, you're living in this city. Like, this is, like, your life. This is not, you know, you got to, like, look at every aspect of it and um I visited Oregon a week before I went to Georgia and it's beautiful they have all the facilities you could ever imagine um including the gear I mean everything was perfect but I don't know in my gut it was just kind of like something was off and I spent maybe a total of not even 20 hours at the campus of Georgia and the field and it was just the atmosphere the aesthetic of the campus the way that people were walking around the athletes that I had met the way that the coaches were towards me and my family knowing what had just happened up to that point um and I really think that the reason that I just committed on the spot before I even left for my flight home was when the neurologist in Athens called uh, Coach Lou and told her like, hey, you know, she had an MRI, she looks, everything's great, like no worries here. And she told me and my dad and my dad 
was just super emotional and he kind of started crying a little bit and the way that coach Lou responded to him just kind of it even it set me over the edge even more I didn't have to overthink it I didn't need to analyze anymore this was just where I was supposed to be this was going to help me grow as a human being I was going to be able to get everything that I ever wanted out of a college experience at this school yeah no if you've never been to you know the campus of Georgia it's one of the most beautiful in the country I'm not just saying that because I'm a Georgia fan like no it's just true <laughs> like it's stunning, including the softball field. You yeah, Jack Turner's nice. Well, it's off of it's not it's off campus, and it just when you're there, it just feels like you're nowhere else in the world but the field. Just the way that the layout and the trees and the stands yeah. are high up. It's just like when you're on that field playing, it's like nothing matters. This is it. This is the only thing that's going on in the world, and that's a really nice escape. Everyone needs that type of feeling every so often. So, and then you got the aluminum stands, everyone's stomping and, Oh yeah. It's just like, <laughs> and plus you have great fans and that helps. Yep. Like, <laughs> so I got a couple more questions. Then we're going to go into a couple of listener questions we have for you. Yeah. So speaking of, you know, coach Lou, what, what was it like playing under her? You know, she's <laughs> been at Georgia forever. You know, everyone knows who she is, but what was it actually like being able to play under her? I have never met a human being that she, when the quote, like, eat, sleep, softball, like, that is Coach Lou to a T. Like, I'm <laughs> talking, like, you'll get a message from her at 3.30 in the morning of with video content of your swing from the practice before. Like, she's oh, been wow. analyzing this. <laughs> For hours, like she, I'm not even. I wish I was joking. So she's That's crazy. Intense. Like I know it's crazy. Like she's so intense, and you know, I'm sure there's people who have. I mean, there are people who have been out there. Like she's so intense, and she's crazy, and it's like no. Like why would you not want to go choose? Like, right. <laughs> nothing else matters, but you're swinging. Everyone else is on the field, and it's just like. She definitely made me reappreciate the game because she's her age and still is madly in love with the sport. Um, and, you know, you don't get that far in your career. None of these college coaches do without having that love um, for the sport and the players. Uh, I will say that my years that I was there, she did a lot more work trying to understand her players and I thought that was really awesome and really special uh, because, you know, you can't treat every team the exact same. And, yeah. you know, she had a couple of years where the girls were just like boxers. I felt like they were just like, they would like rip your head off with their teeth. But like, <laughs> my teams, like we were, we were fighters and stuff, but we were not like, we weren't, we weren't <laughs> getting in bulldogs, you know what I mean? So, um, but she did the work to like learn us and trust us. And that's all you can ever ask out of a coach is to, for her to teach you more about the game than you should, you should, you should always feel leaving college been like, I had no idea X, Y, and Z. Like you should learn more during your time there. And she did just that along with coach Tony. Um, I had a really special bond with him. He makes a lot of things go around and <laughs> organization with Lou 
Um, so it was honestly wonderful playing under both of them. It was a dream come true, more than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, no, seeing her on TV, like just that feistiness that she has to be, she has to be no taller than I'd say 4'11". Like she... She's like 5'1". She's like 5'1". <laughs> but like, no, I can see where you <laughs> She's got that feistiness. So last question for me, and then we'll go into the listeners. Your last game, you know, OKC, you know, didn't quite make it, you know, to the championship game. You know, everyone's dream. But as a little girl, everyone has that dream, I'm sure, of playing in Oklahoma City, playing in the Women's College World Series. What was that like to be able to hang your cleats up for the last time in OKC? Indescribable, not to, like, be (laughs) – but, you know, it's like – it's just crazy because, you know, you have these dreams, but you don't really imagine you being on that field until there's a real chance. Like, you can see that that could be your life. You know, if that makes sense. Like, I, or at least that's how I've always been. I think a lot of people are different, but I always looked at it and was like, oh, that'd be so awesome. That'd be so cool. And then when I started to realize I was on a team and I was at a university that, like, no, like, this is a this is real like you could really get there you could really play on this dirt uh that was something that was just like incredibly special and I didn't doubt for a second that the team that I was on would ever not make it that far like that's how outstanding every person on that team was and I you know I remember playing in Oklahoma City wondering why I wasn't nervous. Um, I was like, it's crazy. Like, why are you not freaking out? Like, this is so insane. But it was just like, that's what I've been working my entire career for. That's what the team had been working all year for. I didn't, I would not, I knew, I knew that that's where I was supposed to end my career. Like after everything that happened, I just knew that that was exactly where I was meant to be. Um, that week in June in 2018, and I have no regrets, like, at all. We got run-rolled the first game. It was <laughs> weird, super great. Florida really gave it to us. It was unreal, but I wouldn't have changed a thing, you know? Yeah. I, had a, I had a wonderful series those last two games. I did really well. Like, I left it all out on the field, and that's all I can ask of myself, and... I mean, doesn't matter who it is in the world. Like, I'll be incredibly proud of that for the rest of my days, no matter what I do in life. Yeah, no, it's definitely, I'm sure it's, it's definitely a once in a lifetime thing for sure. I've always wanted to go just and watch. You know, I've never. You should. I've never had the they chance. Sell to alcohol at the Women's College World Series for softball. <laughs> mm-hmm. And tall boys too, not just small ones, big ones too. You've definitely taught me into it. Yeah, but. I know. There you go. That's <laughs> game. Everyone's going to be it. Exactly. All right, so moving on to fan questions. The first one we have, you know, they want to know, you know, how do you feel about Oklahoma State after they flagged you? And, you know, were there any hard feelings between you and the school? I guess that's a great question. Um, there was definitely some tension. There was a lot of hard feelings. Um, it wasn't necessarily to, like, the coaches or the players or anything. It was just – um, there was a lot of things that went into it, but, you know, my parents were definitely more pissed off than I was, uh, <laughs> because, they're, you know, like my parents are, they've been dealing with stuff with me since I came out of the womb. So like, <laughs> they were just like over it. They're so mad. Um, 
And I definitely had a very bitter taste in my mouth. Uh, and I honestly would say it took like a year for me to really just be like, let it go. Um, and it was, it, but I didn't really know that I felt that way until I released it. If that makes sense. Uh, But the coach G is the reason that I had even university of Oregon and Georgia on my radar who were looking at me because we were just chatting. I mean, he did everything to help me find another school. And that is, he had an entire other team to deal with. And he had just met me three months before all this happened. So like, that's a good man. And all of the teammates, I was, I, you know, I made a bond. It was hard leaving. It was, it, it hurt. I was so excited. Like, don't get me wrong, but I remember that last week I was like, oh man, like I worked so hard on these friendships and now I'm just leaving. And like, and that yeah. was hard on me, um, as well. Um, but you know, I'm glad that it happened as crazy as that sounds. Cause now, you know, I have ties in Oklahoma and hey. <laughs> I, have a, I have a really cool story. I spoke at their banquet, their diamond club banquet this past cool. January. Um, I'm, I'm close with those people. You know, I, I will always have a special bond with that university because I have memories there that no one else can say that they had in Stillwater, Oklahoma ever. Um, yeah. And I do, you know, I root on the cowgirls pretty heavily. Like, I really love them. <laughs> so, there is no, like, it's all good, especially now that I don't play, so. Yeah. All right. So, pretty sure that answered this question. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, another one. Isn't, hold on. Is any of your motivation, you know, to prove that you could still play? Like, were you motivated to be like, okay, Oklahoma State, like, I'm going to show you that I can still play. Or not even just them, anybody that turned you down. That's literally, I mean, it all, first of all, I would say that it all stemmed from people thinking that I wouldn't make it just because I had to deal with so much to get there. Um, And I do think that a huge motivator for me, mainly because I'm very stubborn, just like my personality. I always want to just say, like, yes, I can. If you tell me I can't, like, yes, I can. And even if I can't, I'm going to try anyway. Like, I, like, that is just human nature for me. It's just, like, something that comes naturally. And I definitely think that it was a big motivator. Um, And also, you know, I felt as if I was very, especially after the stroke, I was very compelled to fight for anything I possibly could because there are so many stroke survivors that will be in a wheelchair for the rest of their life or they'll never talk again properly and when you're 18 and you realize that like you're one of the lucky few that get to let live this normal normal life (laughs) right versus like what could have happened to you you know that was a big motivator as well for me um after the stroke uh, and then when I was growing up I remember always having to remind myself like you're not dying like you're having all of these surgeries but you're not battling cancer like you're not fighting for your life you're just it could be worse yeah you're in a really you're in a tough circumstance like you're a female just having surgery after surgery on your face like not ideal I hear you 
Um, but you know, it was a big motivator being like, you know what though? Like I have parents who are putting me through this, like for a good cause, like you have health issues, but you're able to like get up and do the things you want to every day. So you better, you know, don't feel sorry for yourself too, too much, too hard because there's someone out there who would love to be in your shoes. Yeah. So I think it was a mix of being stubborn and also doing it for all of those who can't. Um. Yeah. And I'm so gonna say this too. I'm gonna say this too, though. Like I think that's any athlete that loves the game. Um, uh, like when a school kind of shuts you down or says, "Hey, you're not good enough to play here." Because I mean, I had that happen to me when I was coming out of high school. Local junior college told me I couldn't. They weren't going to honor my scholarship anymore. And every time you took the field against them. You wanted to prove, hey, you missed out. And so I think that's with any athlete that ever has a school. There's always some type of – it may not be a heart, like a hated heart, but there's a little bit of a I'm going to prove you wrong that you missed out on somebody that could have helped you win. Yeah. Oh, sure. All right. And so they want to know, all right, it's a tough, tough question right here. Okay. Why doesn't your Facebook mention Georgia? That's a serious little question. Oh, I guess because I think it doesn't. Yes, it does. It says that I'm. It says <laughs> that I'm studied there. Uh, I I'm just, I'm just reading the question. <laughs> Let's see. Oh dang! Well, tell them I'll fix it right after. <laughs> <laughs> when I graduated last May, I said graduated from Georgia. Well, he he's an Auburn fan, so. Okay. Well, he I can't can, read. <laughs> Auburn fans can't read. All right, so, Richard, you got you got anything else before we go into uh, the rapid fire section? I'm good. All right, so you you know the deal. All right, we we went through it last time. Ooh. All right. Instead of you know where we did, we're gonna try, we're trying to switch them up a little bit. Okay. All right. If you could be anybody from Friends. Who would you be? Rachel. I'm Rachel. Yeah. Not right. to be said, but Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> if you could be on any show besides Friends, what show would you be on? New Girl. New Girl? Yeah. Oh, that's right. a good show. That's a good All show. All right. So, last time you told us you were lactose intolerant. Yep. All right. Favorite white claw flavor? Mango. Mango? Have yeah. you had the new pack? I haven't yet, but I will Ooh. eventually. The new, pack is good. the new pack is good. I heard it's really good. Yeah, you got to go with the watermelon. Watermelon's where... Okay. All <laughs> right. Duly noted. <laughs> All right. Your favorite stadiums to play in? Other than Jack Turner? Or just any of them. Like, even if it was Jack Turner, like, anywhere you play. I don't think I said this last time, but I really liked Arkansas Stadium, the Razorbacks. Yeah, I don't remember if you said that last time. No, I didn't say that last time. Uh, but I did really like it for some reason. I thought it was, like, super cool, and and it was newer. It was So it was just, like, a nice. Yeah, and it was probably better than Tennessee, so it's right by the sewage plane, I'm pretty sure. And <laughs> <laughs> probably got you dead bodies under it. You would think that the sun in Georgia's back, because it is, like, in right. <laughs> But Tennessee was – there's a train. The stadiums are – the stadiums right by the train track. literally on top of you. Like, if you think that Georgia's, like, on top of you, you feel like the 
crowds like on the field playing with you. It's yeah. just not. Their stadium's annoying. I hate. I went into one series there, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want to go back. Yeah. And plus, the fence is like bricks. Yeah. So. All right, your favorite softball moment from any, whether it was Pee Wee, Little League, growing up, your favorite moment in softball? It was my first home run at UTSA opening weekend, um, mainly because everybody was shocked that I was playing. Everybody, <laughs> and that first game, my coach put me down. I've been practicing in league off and she started me in the six hole which pissed me off um and I ended up doing like really amazing and the entire the entire game I mean entire weekend I was just like on fire I batted like 700 oh wow and, um I remember I hit a I hit an oppo home run and my coach had gave me a sack bunt but <laughs> But I knew, but listen, but listen, I knew she didn't mean to do that. Uh-huh, sure. My count. No, I swear, because the count was two strikes, one ball. And I was like, that can't be right. But my personality is like, what coach says goes. And in that moment, I was like, you're not doing that. That's stupid. Like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> No, coach I, I hit my first oppo home run in my entire life. <laughs> and the second that I came in, my assistant coach was like, she gave you a bunt. And I was like, I know, don't tell her. Like, don't make it a big deal. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, it was just like, it was just really funny. And it was like, I don't know. I just took so much power in that moment. I was like so <laughs> proud of myself. But, and then also my, my opening weekend at Georgia was like, unreal i i really proved myself to the sec i got sec player of the week nice and uh and i also batted like 700 that weekend like it was it was crazy because my it was almost identical from my opening season at utsa my freshman year yeah um and so that was magical for me just like truly <laughs> so nice all right so my last two all right your favorite bar in athens and don't say you haven't gone to any Okay, I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> I used to love 100 Proof. Or 100, 100, 100 Proof. And um, I'm really sad because I'm blinking on it. It's like, it's not a country bar, but it is. And it has yeah. two And it has that spiral staircase to get up. What I know what you're talking about, but yeah, I can't remember the name of it. I used to <laughs> love that bar. Just because like, nobody was ever in there. So it was such like a nice, like... Oh, what am I talking about? 90s. 90s was my hands down, my favorite bar, no doubt. Like, And no one ever wanted to go, but I loved it. It was so fun. All right. School bars. And last one. All right. What two colors go better together? Red and black or orange and white? Red and black. Classic. Right. Good answer. All right. <laughs> Where did you get orange and white from? Oklahoma State. Okay. I'm just wondering where you got that Yeah, it's orange and white. It is. They're orange, white, and black, actually. Yeah, but. Wait. So. That's Oregon State. No, it's Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's orange and black. And white Are they orange too. and black? Yeah, yeah. they're orange and black. Oregon State is the same colors as OSU, and then University of Oregon is green. Yeah, okay. Well, so red and black is the better combination. All right. Oh. 
<laughs> I'm moving on, Richard. <laughs> All right. So we, as we know, we just finished the Jordan documentary. Is it LeBron or is it Jordan? Who's the better? Who's the better player? I mean, I love LeBron, but Jordan. Like the way, especially, show me a documentary about all the <laughs> LeBron James, and then like I feel like that's a better. You know what I mean? Because like you learned, well, the insides that they allowed you to know, but you learned yeah. just so much about like Michael Jordan and how he evolved as a human and a player. I mean, the media destroyed him at a certain point, which is, yeah. just, it was like, it, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine being someone like that. In that spotlight all the time. It's exhausting. <laughs> I would have moved to Australia or something. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, if you could meet any baseball player from the time baseball started, to now, which baseball player would you want to meet? Jackie Robinson. Oh, that's a good one. Um, yeah. I just feel like I would, he would have such incredible stories to tell, like on and off the field, you know, like how he got to where he got. Have you seen yeah. his movie? What movie? 42. It's forever ago. <laughs> I can't really watch it. You know, no, like, you know, you know it, but also like, what happened? I mean, like, you know, but I want to know, like, every detail again. That movie came out about seven years ago. Hey, you never know. You never know. <laughs> true. All right. Um, favorite Looney Tune? Bugs Bunny. It's a classic. Bugs classic. <laughs> yeah, or the Roadrunner. I will say the Roadrunner always made me laugh. With like, you know, so it's good. I was Bugs Bunny. I was Bugs Bunny. <laughs> what, oh, you was. You was. Space that. Jam Buzz. It's <laughs> awesome. If you could go to one place in the world, where would it be? Australia. Australia? <laughs> yeah, I said it last time. I, I just have an obsession with Australia for sure. Is that really your answer? Yeah. No, I'm pretty sure <laughs> I said it last time. Like, I. Granted, I don't want to, like, see scorpions or anything, but, like. Kangaroos. Kangaroos and koalas. <laughs> like it just seems like it's such a incredible place. Yeah. All right. If you could put yourself in one movie and play the lead role, oh my what God. movie would it be? <laughs> okay, mainly just because I just watched it, but I just watched all of the Hunger Games again. <laughs> because I woke up one morning and had songs in my head, and so I rented every single one on Amazon. Um, so I spent like dollars, and it was so good and so awesome. And so I love to play Katniss Everdeen and the the entire Hunger Games series. <laughs> All right, last question for me: Harry Potter or the Rings? Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Am I allowed to say neither? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Not a big fan of Harry Potter. Like, sorry. And um, the Lord of the Rings, I like, didn't do much for me either. I'm not a terrible person. I just say like, I just didn't. <laughs> it didn't, like, it didn't like, change me. I don't know. It just was like, okay. <laughs> no, Wes called, called me off guard when he started asking me that, hey, we're going to change up the questions. And I was like, all right. And so I was, 
having to come up with questions off the top of my head. I, just, I, just, I wouldn't have remembered either one. Yeah. Uh, so, speaking, since you don't like either Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, favorite movie series then? Is it The Hunger Games? Just because I just watched it, yeah. It was so good! It was so biased. You can't. Movie bias. I am biased. I'm biased right now because I just watched it. Exactly. I'm sure, like, I'm going to message y'all in a week be like, I'm so dumb. I should have said this. But (laughs) it was awesome. I loved it. I thought it was a great series. Oh, it was. For sure. For sure. All right. So, before we end it, all right, let people know where they can find you, you know, on social media. You know, let them know about Revolution. You know, yeah. Let them, let them know about all that. Oh, man. Okay, so Instagram, you can find me at Kenny Grace. You can find me at Kendall Grace Burton on Facebook. I promise I will fix my Georgia, <laughs> Georgia situation. I swear. I mean, your cover photo is... You, oh, no, that was at OKC. But still, your cover okay. photo is here at the World Series. Yeah, so you should know. Yeah, in a Georgia jersey or uniform. All right, so everything I promise. Uh, (laughs) You, I do a lot of uh, speak like speaking events, uh, part time motivational speaking. So I have a website, The Toughest Out. Feel free to check it out. Reach out to me if you ever want me to come speak at one of your events. I have a pretty good resume, so I (laughs) got a year and a couple months into speaking. I really love it. I'm also a fitness instructor at Revolution Studio out here in Houston. We just went virtual, so feel free to Google Revolution Studio Houston, Texas. You can sign up and join the Revolution virtually. I have a few classes recorded on there. It's all about strength, yoga, and cycles. We do a bunch of different stuff with us. Um, so, yeah, I've been pretty sure that's, unless you want my legit telephone number, that's pretty much what you find me. No, I'm not going to put that out to people. Yeah, we're not putting that out. <laughs> All right, so I just want to thank you again, you know, for coming on, and thanks for being so understanding with all our, our technical difficulties we had last time. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we can do this again sometime, you know, hopefully get some different questions, find out, you know, a little bit more about your uh, motivational speaking. Yeah, of course. I'd love to. I love that kind of stuff. So please have me on later. Can't wait. Um, and then I'll send you a screenshot of my Facebook being fixed for y'all. <laughs> All right, sounds good. I'll post it to the, um, the yes, group page on do. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kendall, I just want to say thank you again. Of course. Thank, thank you. you so much. I appreciate it. This was fun. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.